What's up, guys? Welcome to Broke and Stressed, a PT student podcast where we talk about our lives as broke and stressed physical therapy students. Throughout grad school, you'll come to find that the struggles that you're having happen all the time to thousands of students across the country. You are not alone. This podcast will share our personal stories and walk you through how we overcame some of our own struggles. I'm your host, Ruben. Let's have some fun, have some good conversation, and let's get into the episode. Okay, what's up, guys? We're back with another episode today. We have Lydia on the podcast. Lydia, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Lydia Hunter. Um, I am originally from Kansas City, but I am going to school right now with Ruben up in Chicago. Um, I did my undergrad in Arkansas, so kind of been all over the place for schooling purposes, but I love Chicago. Yeah, good stuff. What made you want to choose... Chicago or UIC, I guess. Um, I mean, I applied all over the country. It was more, and this is not what my recommendation would be now, but I was more applying to schools based on location mm-hmm. rather than any sort of credentials for the school. Yeah. Um, but I got into school in Chicago and I got into school in Kansas City and they were in the same week. And my mom said, oh, you great. You can live with me. You can move back home. And I said, Thank you for helping me make that decision. I'm going to Chicago. (laughs) Thank you for your help. For sure. And then Lydia, what is an embarrassing moment that you've had in PT school in these last three years that you're cool sharing with the listeners? Yeah. So this is actually, I still hate it to this day, but the whole natural deodorant I tried, I went through it. Um, and there is a well-known fact that whenever you switch over to natural deodorant, you detox your system. So I was detoxing my system and I had a presentation and I was up there presenting at the end of it, Matt Jasinski comes up to me and he goes, did you smell that? Somebody smelled up there like BO. And I was like, Matt J, that was me. <laughs> I am going to smell. Oh my God. I did not know this. And ever since I don't use natural deodorant anymore. I'm not meant for it. Load me up with the aluminum. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh my gosh, man. So embarrassing. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, Matthew. Okay. Wait, wait, when was this? Um, it was that debate we had for business class. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So I was like already stressed and I, yeah. I naturally sweat when I'm stressed and it just out of hand. It was mm-hmm. so bad. It became an issue. It became a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's okay because now we're graduating. We are. Isn't that weird? (laughs) Yeah, right? How does it feel? It honestly happened way too fast. Like, I I think I just got into PD school and I'm all of a sudden graduating. Like, I don't think I've called myself a third year very many times because it just doesn't feel real. Like, yeah, I agree. Like, it just kind of happened. So fast. It just, like was on my plate and they were like apply for graduation I'm like really yeah I feel like we were just in class then COVID happened and then it was like a time skip and they're like all right clinicals and then hey you're graduating yeah no it's crazy it's it's yeah it's very surreal um do I feel ready I feel pretty ready it's just scary to be out there on your own you know um yeah where, where do you want to go after this? Or like, Honestly, anywhere. Um, this is a great question because I'm having to figure out where to take my board's licensing exam. Oh, that's um, so true. Because honestly, like I've looked at the job market 
almost like in all big cities. Like I'm okay pretty much going wherever. Mm -hmm. I have nothing tying me to a city. And so I'm looking everywhere. Yeah. Um, And I'm more, I've decided because I don't have something that's tying me to a city. I'm just going to apply to jobs that I actually want Mm -hmm. rather than applying for a city and getting whatever job that I can kind of thing. No. Yeah. That's so that's kind of the plan right now. Um, Unfortunately, that means that I have to figure out where to get my state licensure. (laughs) And for that, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because we're all in the app, uh, application process of all that stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's good and stuff. And I asked, I asked, and they were like, just pick a state. And yeah, I'm it's like, that easy. Okay. Just pick a state, lady. There's 50 of them. Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't be that hard. Speaking of different states, that brings us to our topic that I wanted to talk about is your clinical experience in Hawaii. Talk yes. to me about how was that? I loved it. I, it was a dream. Um, I mean, it's on the island of Kauai, so it's not as touristy mm-hmm. by any means. Um, and the hospital was so teeny tiny. It had at most 20 beds in the inpatient side. What? Like we had, our census in the hospital was never over 14 people. And oh my God. three of, three of those were there the entire 12 weeks that I was there. So I had like a, a continuous like nine people yeah. in and out. Like that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But it was awesome. Everyone there is so nice. And like, it's just kind of a different way of life. Like the family dynamics are so much better there. Like everyone wants to help their family. A lot of people live in like the multifamily homes. And so like disposition changes because where are you discharging to? Do you have anybody to help you out at home? Like yeah, I have eight people who live with me. Like, okay, makes things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's just like the way of life is so much different there. Like you're writing goals to get people back to hiking. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than, than walking like a block around Chicago. <laughs> yeah. So it was amazing. I loved it. I would recommend anyone to do it. I, as you know, we also both got Italy, mm-hmm. which was next yeah, right yeah, away we, we don't we don't talk about that yeah but I think if you're able to do any sort of like other experience culturally I think mm-hmm. it's so important to like understanding treatment in a wide variety of ways for sure and did you how did you get to understand I guess the culture and the difference there versus being here like was that just something you just picked up or did it see your CI kind of give you some heads up or? yeah so it was um, kind of a lot of different things. So I stayed with somebody there. Um, she actually was born in Alabama, though. So she was also a transplant to the island. Um, and so she had been there for several, I think it was like over 20 years or something. So she knew a lot about it and like had kind of introduced me into like the way of life per se. Yeah. Um, so I got a lot of information from her, but she actually ended up moving back to Alabama while I was there and just like letting oh. me house sit. And so I didn't have like that constant from her, but then everybody else who worked at the hospital. So there was the clinical director who had been there for about 20 years, but he was also from California. So not native to the Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the main therapist there was from the Philippines and also transplanted to the Island. And oh. so pretty much like they all knew enough but there's like such this like rich history of like 
being a true Hawaiian from Hawaiian blood there. And that took me a long time to like learn the importance of that. It's like they treat like the true Hawaiian ancestry and like culture very strongly. And so that was something that I had to just learn with experience kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But there's also like so many languages that are spoken there Mm -hmm. that I had no, I I had like, I always had to have a translator for that. Like I, it was so hard to pick up anything. Oh, that's interesting. Because there was just like too many words. Like, yeah. Japanese, Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's two languages on the Philippines. It's like, yeah, there is. There's, I only know one of them is Tagalog. And t- then, yes, I was going to say. Oh, wait, no, the other one's like Basayan or something. Yeah. So. And so those were both spoken there. Um, and so it was just more like, there wasn't a huge language barrier. Most everyone spoke english somewhat but there was several times that i had to have like either the pt who was from the philippines spoke the first one (laughs) yeah Um, and then just having other people help Mm -hmm. no that's cool what i guess tips do you have for anyone like going on not even just people who are going on to rotations but like people who are going into a different i guess culture or trying to be sent sense what's the, there's a there's a category for this in our uh in our what's it called like the wish list the out of 50 mile radius yeah is that what it is wait no no no, no. What what is. Is, what's the, what am i talking cpi the thing where you're oh. like sens- sensitive to like people's like cultural backgrounds, competence. Cult- cultural competence there it is like what is your recommendation for trying to develop good cultural competence i guess since you were in a very different culture how did you navigate that? I think or it's what a lot tips of just have, like, I yeah, I think at the end of the day, and I think this is something that we all need to be aware of right now in life as well. It's just like putting yourself in their shoes as open-minded as possible. So knowing where they're coming from, meeting them there, but also keeping like such an open mind to listening to them and understanding them and just like, learn it, don't disrespect it, respect it always, but like keep that open mind to absorb as much of it as possible. Um, I think it's like the biggest thing. And ask questions. Honestly, everyone is so receptive to like educating you like all, all the time. I would ask people recipes, like teach me about your food. <laughs> like, yeah. And everyone just wants to teach you. They want you to know. And so asking the questions and being open-minded about it, um, I think are the biggest things. Yeah, absolutely agree. And then also, man- it's fun. So, like, enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was going to say, what are the pros? And I guess we talked about a lot of the pros. What are some of the cons of being in Hawaii in our different state for, like, your clinical? I think mine was very individualized where I was in, like, a rural hospital that had very limited resources. And that, unfortunately, was a little bit of a limitation because when you want to expand upon your care and provide a higher level of interventions, it's hard. Um, One story keeps coming to my mind and I feel like I have to just tell it. So we had a patient who had a compression fracture of her thoracic and lumbar spine. Oh, wow. And we needed a TLSO. Um, Mm -hmm. We couldn't find one anywhere or we couldn't, we, in order to order it, we would have had to order it from the, the main Island Oahu yeah. Um, which would have taken days and she wasn't going to stay for very long. And so we got one in the hospital and we took it out of the package and it was made in 1956. 
and we just put it on her we literally just put it on her and I was like this like it had a lock and a key that you like fastened and like had the key and then we just like stuck the key up on like the board and we're like don't lose this key or else she's stuck in this brace like it was wild so definitely resources and like just accessibility to anything like especially on that island itself to get anything you had to get it from the main islands like yeah that was the biggest thing um I think the biggest question that everyone has is like financially how do you swing it yeah I was gonna like ask obviously that. yeah obviously you're moving to another island um Hawaii is known for being the most expensive state in our country mm-hmm. um and for me it was partly like I moved home for the summer and I found someone to sublease my apartment and so I just kind of offset those costs with me leaving Chicago that rent money and then I was home so I worked a little bit and so I just kind of combined those two and was like okay that will offset the cost yeah but ultimately you are on vacation like you're gonna spend more because you're experiencing more like you're Mm -hmm. doing more things yeah so that cost yeah that cost can be hard to offset (laughs) um but I think of like for me and again this was like very individualized because we were in the middle of a pandemic but like I just was like okay then I just won't take a vacation this year like I'll just offset the cost with that yeah but additionally like I'm in student loan debt what is another thousand dollars on that (laughs) For an experience. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like at some you point experience. you have to question, yeah, at some point you have to question, like, is the experience worth more than $1,000 in the long run? And, mm-hmm. like, yes, it is. So <laughs> tack it on to the loans. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I mean, you mentioned a little bit earlier about Italy. Like, that would have been an experience, but unfortunately COVID complicated things. And I think if it hadn't complicated things, us four would have been in Italy for sure. We would have, and I would have loved it. Yeah, and that would have probably would have stayed. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would never been, coming back. That'd have been so cool because it was. For, uh, for you guys don't know the background we're talking about, basically, four of our classmates applied for a uh, clinical rotation in Italy. We both we all got accepted. Um, it just came down to the decision if we were gonna do it or not, which was kind of risky because obviously the pandemic happened, so none of us decided to go. Um, and we stayed in the states but that would have been quite the experience cool experience to have um but yeah could have I ended up actually moving forward with it for a while oh you did um yeah so they never asked me for the deposit to hold my spot they were like we understand that it's COVID pandemic times we're not going to ask you for it yeah so they just held my spot for me until ultimately UIC canceled me and I was like I find it interesting that UIC is going to cancel me and not Italy Oh, but yeah, wow. UIC didn't send anybody abroad this year. Okay. And so that was why. That's I crazy. Ultimately... I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, man. So you would have been. I would have been in Italy. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I know. It's okay. I'll live. Yeah, it's okay. Hawaii was Hawaii was cool, at least. Yeah. I'm glad I ended up getting it because initially I was kind of upset when I got Hawaii because it was like number 15 out of 15 on my wish list. But I was I gonna ask, nobody... like, yeah, did you rank it high? But obviously, you didn't. So, my one thing, and this was like pre-COVID, so I don't know how I had the foresight to do this, but I wanted to do my inpatient rotation second. Like, I 
to the end of it, I was like, I want to do it second. So everything that I put on my list was inpatient. Yeah. And unfortunately there were only 15 inpatient spots. So Hawaii had to be put on there. And I cried when I got it. I called my mom and I was like, I can't like, I can't go to Hawaii. Like this is not in the cards for me. I wanted to do my last clinical in Chicago so I could get a job in Chicago. Like this just doesn't make sense. Where am I going to live? Like I need an apartment. Yeah. And so I, I cried and then she was like, it's fine. You'll love it. Like just let it be. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. I'll let it be. And I, it ended up working out. So yeah, man, any regrets? No, not at all. I regret yeah. not staying longer, but <laughs> Thanksgiving hit and I was like, I guess I'll come home. Mm-hmm. How difficult was that transition? Like logistically? Um, it was actually okay. Besides like getting tested so Kauai may still have it but when I was there that island had a 14-day mandatory quarantine no matter what like you could show up with a negative test but it didn't matter you had to go into quarantine um and it was very strict like you the coast guard would check on you to make sure that you were home they would call you and make sure that you're home like it was like very strict um and so that was the hardest part was I had, I finished my summer clinical and the next day I flew out for Hawaii so that I could quarantine. Like it was oh a very fast gosh. transition. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then by the time I was leaving Kauai, all of the other islands had dropped that restriction. So I was able to go to Oahu on my way home and like spend the weekend there. And then I just flew home the Monday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, And of course the States didn't care that I was coming from Hawaii because at that point they had like four COVID cases. Um, (laughs) So they were like, Oh, you're coming from Hawaii. We'll accept you. Yeah. Okay. But it was pretty easy. It was more just like I was going from a great temperature to Kansas city winter. So that was the hardest transition (laughs) was the climate change. Oh my God. Yeah. Man, so would you recommend Hawaii for anyone? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you can figure it out like logistically and financially and sort of take that risk per se, I think mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. Like yeah. totally worth it. Mm-hmm. This is kind of random, but since you've been kind of going you went to a different state, would you ever consider like travel therapy? So many people have asked me that. So I know just because just you went to one state doesn't mean you're going to travel all over. But is that something you'd ever I, consider? I think I would like it if so. My struggle with travel PT is they're notoriously known for being in more like SNF level and hospital level yeah. um, centers. And that's I. I don't want to say I have no desire, but like for now, I want to start in an outpatient setting. I think that's where I want to more so go. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think travel PT right now is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, every all of the PTs in Hawaii are travel PT uh, contracts. Yeah. Um, they cannot hire somebody permanently. Like they've had a job opening for 10 years at the hospital that I was at. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Um, and part of that is pay, like the pay mm-hmm. is significantly lower, but, um, I think in that regard, Oh, what I was saying. Um, so there, one of the travel PTs who was at the hospital when I was there, she was in her late forties. 
And she was like, I did the outpatient thing. I found where I was passionate about, but like right now I need a break from that. And so I'm going to do travel. And she traveled for like, I think she's on like year four or five of travel PT. And she was like, it's not the setting that I necessarily want to work in, but like, it's something different and it's something that I want to do right now. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm like, I could see myself doing that like later in life, like moving more towards that route. For sure. Yeah. Would you ever do it? See, I, I think I would. I think I just got to get that confidence. I want to get some mentorship out of being my first year out at least to get more confidence. And then I think I would, I would do it for sure. My CI did it, my current CI did it. And he's like, it's a no brainer for anyone that's like young um, while you still have it. And it's good money, um, good experience to just travel. Especially with me, I don't, I don't travel. That's why the Italy thing was huge for me. Um, so I don't, I've never traveled. So that would have been a great experience and travel beats you yeah. my, way, my gateway to start traveling more. Um, but yeah, I think I would definitely consider it. You should, I think you would be really good at it. Let me say like, that. Like entering into a new space every three to six months. I feel like you're very good at like coming into it and like making your place and like making the friends. And I think because of how easygoing you are, I think you would like slide in really well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's talk more big picture now about like, like how clinicals have been. What are some things like big takeaways from each of your clinicals that you've had? Like things that oh, you gosh. learned? I think the biggest, <sighs> so I had three very different clinicals. My first one was workers comp. Um, I was seeing two to three patients every hour in my first clinical and I had no idea what to do about anything. Like I look back and I'm like, why was I doing that? And it honestly was because I had no idea what to do. Um, And then my second one was Hawaii where it was like, like I said, not a lot of patients. Um, And I mean, it was still challenging because like the diagnosis that came to the hospital were so all over the board. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it just like, it was just so relaxed and like island vibes and I loved it, but it was very relaxed. And then my last one was at UIH and that's a lot more like education focused. You're doing a lot more work. You're doing a lot more research or, you know, you're making an argument for everything that you do. And I think that was just a very different experience, but I learned so much from it. And so I think my biggest takeaway from clinicals is that you kind of have to have that hard clinical, like you have to do it once, um, but it really challenges like your clinical reasoning and your why. And I think that's something that every student needs to have at some point. So originally, whenever we were doing clinicals, like everyone said, doing any rotation at UIH was too hard. Like it was so hard. Mm-hmm. It was known to be notoriously hard. Yep. And then my third clinical Italy got canceled. And so I was put in that pool of like, figure out what to do. Um, and my options were UIH. And so I just did it, but I was nervous about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you have to have that hard clinical, like at least once. Oh, you definitely do. Yeah, I knew going in, I was like, shoot, this is going to be really difficult. But I know once I get through with all the blood, sweat, and tears, I'll be a better therapist on the other side. Yeah. Um, hated it during. Not hated it. It was, it was tough. 
Um, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely shaped me to be the therapist I'm, I am and I'm going to be. Um, but yeah, yeah, literally, for anyone listening, just take your time to t- take each experience and absorb as much as you can as a student because each experience can be unique, like you said. Ask the questions, do the work, like don't just get through it. You kind mm-hmm. of have to learn through it. Yeah. Um, but you had your hardest clinical as your, was that your first or your second? Technically my first because okay. my summer got canceled. Okay. And did that, do you feel like that changed how you treated during your last one? Yes, absolutely. UIH definitely shaped everything that I'm doing right now in this clinical for sure. Cause I feel like for me, like going into my last clinical, I didn't have a way to treat yet. Yeah. Like I hadn't found how I was going to treat as a clinician. I was kind of just doing it. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like with that clinical, you figure out how actually you will treat patients. Yeah. Do you think if you had the choice to rearrange the rotations, like the order you did them, you would have done UIH first or? Honestly, no. No? <laughs> I still would have saved it for the last um, just because I didn't, like I want to do outpatient. So I would want to end on outpatient. And I think between that and workers comp, I'm glad I ended on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. For sure. What are some tips you have for any students about to go into rotations? I know the second year is about to start rotations soon, I think. Right. Um, so yeah. What are some tips that you have for anyone going on to clinicals? We'll start off with just clinicals in general, and then I guess with clinicals in a different state. Okay. Um, I think clinicals in general, I think everyone goes into clinicals with their own biases. Like your education is more often than not geared towards a certain like rationale or theory or like you walk in with biases. Um, But I think it's important to kind of drop those whenever you go into your clinical, like learn from the clinician who's treating you. And overall, like you'll find that each clinician treats different and you just have to find your way. But like while you're there and learning, you need to absorb what they're teaching you. Um, So I think like dropping those internal, external biases and just like learning and absorbing would be my biggest recommendation. For sure. Um, For people going out of state, Oh gosh. I would just say like, enjoy it. Like you have to, it's going to be stressful, but you have to have that layer of like relaxation. I don't know. That's the word, but like stress freeness to yourself to be able to absorb it, but also enjoy it and like make the friends. And you know, you can't be all focused on um, like your clinical at that time because you are in a different state and you kind of have to still live. Um, Mm -hmm. So be able to make the friends and enjoy it. Um, be my biggest thing but also remain so open-minded throughout like for both answers just stay open-minded and kind of let it be there you go sounds so philosophical I know I'm trying to think about any more questions what is your recommendation I would say I mean yeah those are good recommendations for sure like being open-minded you're there to learn um, ask, ask questions, even if it's annoying, like ask every question about any scenario. What would you have done in this scenario? What, what critiques do you have about how I did this technique? Um, and 
really try to develop a good bond with their CI that will facilitate your how you learn best because some CIs will teach differently and you some might be not you might be receptive to learning in a different way and it's important to communicate that otherwise you're not going to get the best potential experience so I think that's super important right out the bat is to communicate with I like learning this way I like receiving my feedback like immediately um uh stuff like that because that's how I was I was like all right after every patient I'm like okay what I do wrong <laughs> what what can I do better um yeah. what would you have done um I did that like almost every patient in the beginning just because I just want to fill my brain up with possible ideas and get your clinical reasoning improved because you don't have that initially right off the bat when you're going into clinicals because you don't have any experience besides like maybe some INA visits or like some visits that your school makes you do for class but other than that like you probably don't have much clinical experience yeah if you were to do it again would you still do Italy yeah I think (sighs) me too I miss it I definitely would have done it Italy because that would have been I would have if I had it all mapped out I would have done my inpatient in the summer I would have done UIH in the fall like I did and then I would have done Italy I would have hopefully met my requirements to graduate, um, gotten yeah. um, entry level, hopefully. And I would have just enjoyed Italy, you know? Where were you supposed to be in Italy? Like, which two settings? I forgot. The outpatient one. And I forgot. I was supposed to be, like, neuro and cardiac rehab, which, like, neither one I necessarily want to go into. Mm-hmm. But I think seeing them in a different country would have been really interesting like how do they treat that because I feel like those are both like at least in the U.S. like you kind of know how to go through like cardiac rehab and neuro like there's very much like so much research on what to do and how to do it that I feel like it would be interesting seeing it in another country and if they do it the same way Mm -hmm. and that goes back kind of to that cultural competence thing is just like what are their takes on different things um how do they structure their treatment styles um, are they more passive or more active, more hands-on, whatever? Um, and that would have been interesting to see and learn from and take that back. Yeah. And be like, yeah, I, st- I did a clinical rotation in Italy as a small flex, you know, whatever. <laughs> there you go. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's all I got, Lydia. Um, Thank you. you. Final remarks for us graduating and for any Aww. students listening, I'm kind of sad. I'm I sad. I have said that. Darn it. I know. I, Make I, it through it, but like live through it. You know, you gotta, you gotta take it. Exactly. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. And Lydia, can you show us some of your famous dance moves? If you guys are listening, oh. you won't be able to see it, but <laughs> if you guys are watching. What is my, I usually dance with my arms and everyone makes fun of me for it, but like uh, this I one is my that, go-to. That's, that's so you. <laughs> Whenever we go out to like bar nights, that would just be you and like in the background yes i love it thank you so much yeah of course and thank you guys for listening and tuning in and we'll see you guys the next episode later guys thanks guys for tuning in to today's episode of broken stressed if you enjoyed the podcast make sure to smash that follow or subscribe button to get notified whenever new episodes are released if you want to connect with me on social media you can find me on youtube or instagram thanks again guys for tuning in and we'll see you next time